2: And a very warm welcome to the Total Saints podcast. We are the Weekly Saints podcast, your home for all things Southampton Football Club. This podcast is being live streamed on YouTube, Facebook, X and on Twitch. And our podcast is supported by our loyal Patreon community. Without you, we couldn't make this show each week. So a huge thank you as always. And a big thanks to Pitta Self Drive for again sponsoring this episode. They're offering TSP listeners 10% off rentals with the code Saints. That's all one word. Uh, you can use that code when booking online or quote the code when you're booking over the phone. They offer cars, vans, trucks, and minibus hire at very reasonable prices. They're flexible on short-term or long-term rental needs and they operate a 24-hour drop-off service. So there's no need to stress about dropping a vehicle off during working hours. And if you need a van, and for a tip run or maybe moving some furniture, they now offer hourly van hire as well. Pitter Self Drive is based in West End, making them the best solution for Southampton van hire at affordable prices. And you can find out more or get in touch. Head to the website, which is pittaselfdrive.co.uk, or give them a call on 02380 474 443. Coming up this week on the podcast, the unbeaten run continues with a decent win over Sheffield Wednesday at St Mary's. So many outstanding performances and goals to review. It's a trip to South Wales next Swansea, the opponents this weekend. Going to preview that one with the help of Luke Davies from the Swanscast podcast. And Saints are doing some business in the January transfer window, so we'll get the very latest on that as well. My name is Martin Stark and joining me this evening are Steve Grant, the owner of Saints Web. Alfie House, who's the senior Southampton reporter for the Daily Echo and Glenda LaCour is writer of the blog League One Minus Ten. Underpinned by our TSP patrons, this is episode 259 of the Total Saints podcast. Your home for everything Southampton FC. From dedicated Saints insight to exclusive interviews live on youtube every sunday and available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts this is the total saints podcast Now we start with the weekly shout out for our Patreon community because their monthly contributions support the show. We've got four tiers ranging from £5 to £20 per month. And aside from supporting the pod, each of those tiers has different perks. There's access to an ad-free version of the podcast. There's exclusive TSP t-shirts and merch bundles, plus the TSP FPL. And you get access to some of the events and much more as well. A couple of shouts to do actually. Hello to James Kibbe. Who says, My son Leo and I have been tuning in regularly over the past couple of seasons, and it seemed fitting to join the Francis Banali tier, having been right behind his header, arcing into the top corner at the Dell all those years ago. Probably still recovering from the shock, if I'm honest, to keep up the great work. So thank you to James and thanks to Leo. Nice to hear from you. And hello to Mike, who's upgraded his account this week to the Francis Banali tier. So thank you, Mike. If you'd like to get involved in supporting TSP each month, just Head over to patreon.com forward slash total Saints podcast for more details. And all the links are in the podcast show notes and on the YouTube description. So let's talk about some football, shall we? Saints beating Sheffield Wednesday 4-0 on Saturday to climb up to second in the table, albeit for about half an hour, I think, at most. Steve, we're kind of getting used to seeing a few goals at home. What was your take on the game at the weekend?
1: Yeah, very good. I think that's 19 goals in the last... Um, last five home games, if you include the the cup one as well, so that's um, yeah, there's, they're certainly providing plenty of entertainment these days. I mean, I'm sure there was there must have been at least one of the recent seasons where we kind of scored more than 19 goals over an entire season. So uh, to do it inside, the, to do that kind of in the space of three or four weeks is uh, is kind of a breath of fresh air, really. I mean, this game kind of followed the followed the pattern of all of all those ones that have come before it, really, in that we've we've kind of dominated from pretty much minute one and once we've kind of taken advantage of a slight lapse from the opposition taking the lead kind of not really look back although on this occasion at least um, Gavin Bazunu's at least been extended into having to make a couple of important saves at, at the right times one at 1-0 and one at 2-0 where if if either of those go in then I mean the, maybe the mem- momentum shifts a little bit but having made those saves and done kept his end of the bargain the um the guys at the other end have um have made hay again I mean once again, we've scored goals deep in deep into games when when teams are tiring and and again, it's another kind of validation for the style of play that that we've installed that that is that is kind of what's gonna happen on a regular basis because of the way we sh- we shift shift the opposition and they're constantly um having to think and and move around so yeah, uh very few complaints really.
2: It was good. I mean, Glenn. Once that second goal came, it was just total and pure domination, really, from us.
0: They had the free kick straight after the second goal. Obviously, they could have hit back with that. And um, I, at the time, I thought it was a brilliant save. But then, when you when you watch it back, it was actually sort of straight at him. He hit it hard, but it was uh, it had to be saved, obviously. But uh, I think Bazuna would have been disappointed if that had uh, that had gone in. But once that didn't go in, Sheffield Wednesday, I, I felt they kind of gave up at that point. And it was, it was like we're not getting anything today. A few of their players kind of trundling around, you know, in the uh, in the last part of the game, and, the, and you know, and the substitutes that we brought on sort of like all made a difference, you know, along with the, along with the uh, the players who were who were still on the pitch. But it was, um, yeah, I mean, it was as Steve said, it was it was kind of it's becoming the norm. And it's becoming sort of you know the complacency is a thing that we we have to guard against because not every game's going to be like that. And as I keep saying, we will. We will lose a game between now and the end of the season. It's going to happen eventually, but it was it was never going to happen yesterday. Once that second goal went in, there was um, there was no way back for Sheffield Wednesday, and they they look quite limited. And what I liked about it is the way we kind of ruthlessly exposed their limitations. They had, they had a big guy playing at the back who was he was he was back in the team for the first time in about four weeks, and he was really really struggling. And they just they just swarmed all over him. And that and whilst that's that's not very nice from a human point of view, that's you know this is um, top level sport we're talking about. So you have to do that. And we you know we we ruthlessly exposed the fact that they were struggling. I thought uh, Danny Roll was it was interesting. I thought he kind of got stuck between two systems. Really, you know they they started off in full Ralph mode with uh, pressing from the front and then they kind of sat back a little bit but they never quite committed to either style i i felt and i don't think that did him any favours ultimately so uh, uh from what i've read from on shepherd wednesday forums they they kind of think this is the first game he's kind of uh, got it wrong but i said i said to them during the week losing to us won't you know won't define their their season but uh, yeah. but they need to they need to show a little bit more um more heart and running, I think, than they than they did after we went two 0 up. So, uh, yeah, happy days.
2: Yeah, plenty of uh, outstanding performances, as I said, and, and goals to get into. I mean, Alfie, yesterday, I think you suggested that might have been the performance of the season. Are you still as impressed twenty four hours later? Uh, and what stood out the most for you?
3: Yeah, I mean, probably the second half definitely was, in my opinion. Just, I think the. Glenn's right about the, the system, I suppose. But what they did do was they always had constant pressure. There's always at least one man sort of put, attacking the Saints' um, possession. And what that meant is, you know, the Russell Martin system, which is based on finding the spare man, there was always a spare man. And I think they popped it around with a lot of speed. You know, they, they move the ball quickly now. It's not it's not true at all that they, they pass it around slowly. But even quicker yesterday, they were always finding people, um, sort of cutting people open. So I thought that, yeah, I think in terms of entertainment, in terms of electricity, I thought it was probably the best performance. But I think we've seen a couple now. We've seen 5-0, 4-0 twice um, at St Mary's. We've been... We're being really treated and, you know, uh, interesting to hear you talk about um, Danny Roll there, Glenn. He's, I can say he's a lovely bloke. He came into the press conference room after and he shook everybody's hand individually and he sort of introduced himself to everyone. Very softly spoken. I'm sure he's a lovely guy and we do genuinely wish him the best. Um, but his team were, were not at it for, for, you know, for the level of Saints. And I did want to just sort of mention Adam Armstrong because, um I mean, that has to be his best game you know, for a Saints, uh, probably in his career. He's unlucky to not be attributed to with the hat trick of assists um, because the first one is clearly tried to play it to Che and just because they've got a little knock on it, it's, it's not counted. But he's now got 14 goals and 11 assists, and um, that's not including the opener for Che. Sir Ricky Lambert, I think, had 41 last time Saints were promoted. Um, he's got 19 games left. He needs 17 goal contributions to beat um, Ricky Lambert's record there. So, um, you know what, well, he, he might well do it. He's, he's you think he'll do it? Player. Do you think he will? Well, so it's a lot to keep up, isn't it? I mean, he's he's obviously I can't remember exactly how many he's got in the last like 10 games. So I think it's like 12 and 10 or something stupid like that. Um, to keep up 17 and 19 is not going to be easy. But if he does that, there's every chance the Saints are in the top two by the end of the season.
2: That's going to be amazing. Just in case you're not aware of the record that's been doing the rounds, and everyone was talking about this yesterday, uh, Saints are now unbeaten in 19 league games, 20 in all competitions, which is their best run since becoming a football league club in 1920. Uh, it's also a record for us because I make it 20 vaguely positive pods in a row. Uh, and I don't think that's happened <laughs> since the podcast started. So
1: I'm not, um, not, sure, not sure the Coventry one was that positive. Was it?
2: <laughs> <laughs> vaguely positive, vaguely. Um, Steve, I mean, Alfie mentioned Adam Armstrong there ryan fraser was i think given man of the match in the the stadium you know for me adam armstrong probably had the the better game but ryan fraser was deserving of that start yesterday
1: yeah and um he's now doing it from the start the performances are not just where he's been able to sort of see um see from the bench see where the opposition is is potentially weakest and and kind of attack that that area with fresh legs he's now able to do it from uh, from the beginning of games and that's um that's kind of testament to obviously a lot of hard work and but also just getting yourself getting yourself in the right shape. Clearly, obviously he'd not played not played a game for months when he when he signed for us, so coming off the bench was always going to be the likely option. And it was I mean, we'd we'd mentioned ourselves, hadn't we? That it'd been frustrating that every time he'd earned himself a start by his from his performances off the bench, um, he then kind of threw it away by Kind of more or less being anonymous in those in those games where he started, um, but now now he's obviously in and and sort of fully integrated. Yeah, I mean it's it's going to be going to be difficult to difficult to shift him out of the team, I'd imagine for for the foreseeable. Dozy and Suleimana and Rebo and whoever whoever else might be sort of fighting for for one of those attacking wide spots. I mean, good luck, uh, good luck getting getting that spot off of him.
2: And Glenn, just, I mean, on Carl Walker-Peters, he was the other one for me that was a real kind of standout. And and, and he does it every week. You, you talk about Adam Armstrong, we talk yeah. about Ryan Fraser, but Carl Walker-Peters yesterday, I thought, was just a proper 10 out of 10.
0: Yeah, the, the way we play is, you know, obviously the, the opposition fullback on that side yesterday had to deal with Adam Armstrong pulling into those areas. And he's relying on his midfield players to get back and give him a hand with Kyle Walker-Peters joining in. That was the thing. Sheffield Wednesday picked basically four forwards and the, the left winger wasn't anywhere near Kyle at any point. And yeah, he, he just had a great game. He he just looks a yard quicker than every other player he's playing against. The only thing that frustrates me slightly about Kyle is that sometimes his ball into the box, it's, it's almost like he's just hit it over rather than picking someone out. I mean, that's that's what I wanted to say about Adam Armstrong, actually. the The fact that he... Both those times, he found himself in the wide areas. You know, he, he he got his head up and he picked that ball out to Fraser. He picked the one out to uh, to Mara, and it, it sounds like a simple skill, but so many players in wide areas don't do it; they just bang it over. So that's the uh, that's the only slight thing ab- about Kyle. But the the amount he gets involved in the play is ridiculous. And there was one bit where he was over over at left back, and we he, and then he ended up picking up the ball in the center of midfield and spreading it out wide. And eventually, it was him that got the crossing from the right wing, you know, so he, he's, he's so involved. I think, you know, I last some of the managers we had last season, you know, they, and Russell Martin this season both said he, he's a great player. He can play absolutely anywhere. And, and obviously, you know, right back is by far his, his best position, but the you can see why he's happy in his, with his, in his football and see why he wants to stay and, and play here because he's, he's, allowed to p- perform at the the best of his abilities allowed to turn up where he wants and he trusts the other players to uh you know, keep hold of the ball so he doesn't get caught out of position. If he does, try and do something a bit, uh, a bit different. So yeah, another another great game for him, and he, he still won't get in anyone's team of the year. But who cares? <laughs> I was going to say that he's going under the yeah. radar. It's
3: great for us, obviously. Um, yeah. but if he was any better, he'd be playing for a top six club. So you know, thank yeah. God he can't put the ball in hundred
0: percent. He's a full England international. You know, I mean, you, you got to remember that he was he was in a squad context. last
1: season. It's not it's not even yeah. as if that that's a sort of distant memory. Yeah. although, although we like last it. season to be a distant memory, really. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a word on the 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 centre backs, Alfie, Harvard, Harwood, Bellis. Yesterday, those balls over the top, trying. I think you tried a couple yesterday, didn't quite come off. Mm. But now we've stopped trying to get Jack Stevens into that that back four. I think he, he's kind of moved on from from that experiment. They were epic yesterday.
3: Well, he does still bring him on at the earliest opportunity every game, doesn't he? Sort of about (laughs) 65, 70 minutes he'll get him on. But, I mean, there's nothing more that we can really add about Jan Benrick and Taylor Bellis in my opinion, because we know how good both of them are at this point. They're they're so reliable. Jan is a proper defender and Taylor you can tell he's played for Man City for 12 years because he can do anything with the ball. So, um, very, very lucky to have both of those. And you know it begs the question if they go up the Premier League next season you know is those two are those two rather are they good enough to, to be the starting pair you know we've seen that yad yeah, Benray probably has been tested at times at Premier League level but those two look so settled would you be tempted to you know to, to improve on that I mean I'll open the question to you because I don't know the answer
0: it would I mean, be um, a low priority I would suggest yeah compared to other areas. To I mean, we could always bring back Leanko and Chiletazar. Our...
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, no particular issue or with the not. latter, but yeah, the
2: other. Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah well, well, thankfully, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, Steve, just, I mean, we talked about being in control of games and winning these games, like 3-0 at home, 4-0 at home. The thing is, it does mean it's a good time to introduce some of the the younger players as well. And when uh, Tyler Dibling came on, he, he looked pretty sharp and, uh, and got the crowd off their feet.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a perfect opportunity, isn't it? When the game's won, it's there's brilliant. there's absolutely no risk, no pressure on on the kid's shoulders. And I mean, literally the first time he got the ball, he's he's kind of done a little shuffle past their fullback and and run in behind, and um, then had a had, had a decent shot blocked. So yeah, the kid, I mean, he's clearly got bags of confidence, as you would expect of a player of his age coming through. Coming through an academy system, they've they've all got huge amounts of self belief, which you have to have to to kind of make it anywhere in in the game, really. And um, yeah, it's it's just it's kind of great to get in when the atmosphere is is kind of in in the mood like it is at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, if he if we were introducing him as kind of oh Christ, come on, Tyler, can you can you kind of come and come and conjure something up? Um, like in that Leicester game back in um, back in September, for example, then yeah, all of a sudden it's a completely different environment, and and you're asking you're asking them to do something that isn't really um, isn't really reasonable, I don't think. Whereas in in the current situation where we're winning every week, especially at home and winning comfortably, then yeah, by all means, blood um, blood the youngsters, get them used to it, and say this is. Um, this is what you've. This is what you've worked hard for. This you're going to have to keep on and work even harder to kind of retain that spot because obviously at the moment he's he's getting his position on the bench because we've got a um, number of injuries and and mm-hmm. player and obviously a rebo away on international duty. His task now is to basically when he gets his opportunity is to play so well that he keeps that spot on merit.
2: Before we move on to the the Swansea game, we do player of the week. I just wanted to do, um, just around the room, best goal from yesterday. What was the one that really stood out? I think for me, I would probably say Adam Armstrong's just because we needed that second goal. And it, it, it kind of just took the pressure off. But um, of the four, Glenn, which was the one that had you purring? Which was
0: your finest? Sekumara's goal. Yep. Just the, Se- the build-up to it? Yeah, just the build-up. The, the the ball in from Walker-Peters to Fraser and he kind of blindly played it backward, you know, played on sort of played around the corner Adam Armstrong sort of third man run to pick it up and and like I said he picked you know he picked out the player at the back post that was you know you though Sheffield Wednesday didn't make a particularly good effort you if if the play is that precise and everyone is that committed to what they're trying to do with every pass then it's very very difficult to stop and that's a that's a great goal. Sekamar having a great time, isn't he? I think he scored mm. three goals from a combined distance of about yeah. four yards. So, um <laughs> yeah. yeah. well, an scorer. Yeah, I
1: mean, he's he's got three got three goals yeah. in the space of um, like a game actual and a half. I think in terms of his actual yeah. game, yeah, uh, game time. Yeah, so yeah, so it it, so
0: it's you know it's all good. Che Adams is scoring. Sekamar is scoring. And don't uh, need a striker. No, nah, absolutely not. No, mm-hmm. we need, need need another midfielder instead. Was that the standout <laughs> goal for you as well, Alfie? Would you agree with, with well, me on
2: that?
3: I think they're all good, but I like the individual pick out from Adam Armstrong to Ryan Fraser. I think he's really good. Yeah. Because the way, you, I mean, Ryan Fraser's not even in the frame when um, when Adam Armstrong picks the ball up, he drives a few yards, fully sells a defender, and still manages to just sort of clip it across with the inside of his foot. Um, it's a brilliant pick out. And obviously, Ryan Fraser with a trademark finish. As well. I mean, you joked about it, I think, last week, Steve, that you score goals like that against Saints. Obviously, I wasn't following the club at that time, but he does seem to score at that every week now. He's, um, he's brilliant at just picking the, 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 mm. you know, the far bottom corner
2: out um Steve your favorite one from yesterday
3: uh yeah the fourth one I think
1: um (laughs) icing on the cake type type job and yeah I mean so load of players load of different players involved and just the movement I mean yeah you can kind of point to Sheffield Wednesday having given up the ghost by that point but even so I think I think that movement probably still cuts over most most defenses at this level so yeah really really well worked I thought
2: uh and names for the the player of the week vote then steve i'll stick with you um do you want to go first i guess the obvious three that performed yesterday but any of them really
1: yeah i mean i'll I'll go with i'll go with adam armstrong to start with Yeah, i think i'd i'd agree with the earlier comment that's probably his best game for us just as a combined thing i mean there's there's obviously been other games where he's been the decisive factor in terms of scoring goals but often his performance even in those games he's he's kind of drifted in and out a little bit but Mm. this one he um, today, yesterday, even he was, he was um, constantly involved and always involved in in kind of all the good stuff, really.
3: Yeah, uh, no, I'd agree. Uh, Alfie, uh, I will go with uh, Carl Walker Peters just because I think that he's going so far under the radar. And I gave uh, three 10 out of tens actually in my player ratings, which I I don't think you should give ten out of tens, really. But I was feeling a little bit excited after the game, so I gave three. <laughs> you'll, you'll never work for for
0: Licky. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. I won't. Uh, and Glen, it's yeah, got to be Wee Man, Similarly, because you know as steve said he's he's now sort of playing from the start i was very impressed with him in the walsall game because he just ran and yeah. for 95 minutes he was dead on his feet at the end of that one and he was you know for for a player of his experience playing in that sort of game to put in that amount of effort you know and i think you know he's we've we've done it on here we've questioned his attitude from time to time when he you know when he first joined the club mm-hmm. he's clearly Loving life at the moment and is, you know, to be prepared to put in that sort of performance against Walsall. And he followed it up again yesterday. So it was, you know, it was going to be a bit of a challenge to, uh, you know, a new a newer challenge, if you like, to do it in a league game for, for 90 minutes. And, uh, yeah, I thought he was excellent throughout. And, uh, yeah, lovely finish for the goal. And, uh, yeah, heavily involved in that goal that um, Sekumara scored. So, uh, yeah, it has to be him. The obvious thing right. about
3: Ryan Fraser at the moment as well is that he's obviously living in Bournemouth, and um, as you'd expect, and I think his partner's from Winchester as well. So, I mean, in terms of a location and a club, this Definitely. makes total sense for him to want us to get, sort of, get another two or three years here, so it makes complete sense.
2: Nice. We'll get that poll on our social media. Hiring for your small
5: business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
4: Picture the scene: all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery at participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
2: Now, we only played each other. I think it was three weeks ago. But next up, it's the return fixture with Swansea. So to help us preview that one, uh, I'm pleased to say that Luke Davies from the Swansea Cars podcast is joining us. Uh, Hi, Luke. Thanks for coming on. Hi, thanks for having me on. And yeah, I know it's not been that uh, long since the last one, is it? It's a bit bizarre, isn't it? Lots to talk
5: about, though. New manager coming in. Yeah. Uh, happy with how things? Happy with the appointment? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's difficult because they kind of went in a different direction with Michael Duff. Now they've admitted maybe that they got it wrong. Uh, the fans kind of wanted to continue what Russell Martin did. Obviously, you know all about that now. And Luke Williams was uh, Russell Martin's number two when he came in at Swansea. So he's going to obviously familiarise himself with uh, his old colleague. There's a, apparently, they didn't really have the best of endings before Luke Williams left so it might be a little bit of a, a little bit of something there for this match not, not 100% that's not been confirmed he doesn't really want to talk about it in the press conferences so yeah we'll see He's got his work cut out there hasn't he has he got a, a, a lot of making up to do uh, given the start to the season Yeah yeah you could say that before the game on the weekend we were actually only three points worse off than we were last season so The difference is last season we had a plan, uh, a game plan, identity, something going forward, if you like, um, building towards something. Whereas this season it seemed to be more up in the air and we were kind of just game by game hoping to get a result, seeing what what happens, if you like. A a month stint with a caretaker manager as well, and ultimately he did a really good job, the Southampton result aside, uh, where he actually got some good results and perhaps makes the situation look a lot better than it should. But yeah, we're not really, I think, a threat. At relegation anymore I would say uh, probably just sort of in the middle of the table and looking to maybe get something going this season that we can push into next season and actually have a a proper go if you like then uh, under the new manager so.
2: And that was quite a late equaliser at the weekend that must be a, a tough one to take did they play all right was it a good game apart from that?
5: Yeah well I was up in the away end so the equaliser was uh yeah not very nice one to take but look take off my Swansea glasses and I think it would have been harsh for Birmingham to lose the game. Maybe a draw is a fair result. If anything, they probably say they didn't have to win. We could have been 2 3 0 down before we scored the first goal. And I know Birmingham equalised straight away. But I don't know if you remember back to when Russell Martin first came in, you probably had moments where they started passing along the back and you're like, oh my God, what are they doing? Like, taking stupid risks and getting caught out quite often. It was all over one was again Saturday. it was that all over you again for the first 20 minutes <laughs> in the game and Bashir Humphreys in particular struggled uh, with that new approach because he wasn't here under Russell Martin and I think out of all of the defenders he's the one that kind of Definitely needs to adjust to it and um put the keeper under all sorts of pressure once or twice. So should have been 2-0 down before we even scored. So you know, if that had happened, no one could have argued with the result. It's just it's just frustrating when you do go 95 minutes winning the game and then concede yeah. that late on. But it is what it is.
2: So they've they've reverted back to the the, the star they were playing under Russell Martin. It was there a bit of a departure away from that?
5: Yeah. So uh, Michael Duff, um I can't really tell you his um his philosophy and game plan from what he brought to Swansea, but from what we were sold by Barnsley. I spoke to some Barnsley fans as well before he came in. Uh, more direct. He does not want to play good football, keep the ball, but nowhere near as much as uh, what Russell Martin would have done. And I guess the way they, they talk about it is I don't want to just pass the ball for the sake of it. Whatever you think of that comment, that's the way that he sold it. I wants to be a little bit more direct and useful with the ball and attacking. We didn't really see know, a lot of that though whether it was because he didn't have enough time to put a stamp on the game but you know he i, I gotta feel i feel like he was set up to fail before he even kicked the ball because he was kind of already trying to distance himself from what we had before russell martin left to a lot of fans kind of discontent and they enjoy that style of football They call it the swansea way not just his brand but the overall brand of keeping the ball keeping the possession and passing uh, it brought brought us success when we got to the Premier League. So it's a long uh, philosophy that we've we've had at Swansea. So when when managers leave from that philosophy, they've got to get results, I guess, to be able to continue that way. And if they don't, then it doesn't really go very well for them. Russell Martin had some times where he didn't get results. I think there was something like three games in twenty three, uh, sorry, three wins in twenty three games last season from January to March, uh, where. That was a really poor time and we were on the brink of should he should he go before we had a really mm-hmm. good end to the season and obviously went to yourselves. But because he was playing this brand of football, I think that's why he was able to go that long with such a poor run of form. And, and yeah, that's, that's basically what it boils down to here. So Luke Williams coming back, it's only one game in. So it's hard to say you're going to see Uh, that style of football but that is the intention of where he wants to go he says the difference is scoring more goals and being a little bit more direct and perhaps what not direct but clinical I think um, than what we maybe had before but I think Russell Martin's also adapted in that way as well since he's moved on so it would be interesting to see how they go up against each other
2: I've got to ask Luke just about the game at St Mary's I mean what went
5: wrong from your point of view or was was that just a blip and, and a bad day I'll be honest I was it was boxing day wasn't it and I thought I yeah, pulled a, short, it a Christmas hangover yeah, well I thought I pulled a short stroke <laughs> so I was actually working and a bunch of my friends were going down on the bus and I think actually they pulled a short straw so um but from <laughs> from what they have explained from the day I think there's a lot of it wasn't just um swansea against Southampton I think there was a lot of um behind the scenes stuff in that game that it does look like a bit of an anomaly in the in the results. Um, Russell Martin and the way he left and his relationship with our board, our owners, the whole what could have been if you had backed me, all of that. And it feels like I told you so in the result, if you like. And if you look at the results, either side of it, you know it is definitely the one that stands out as something went wrong here. But when you kind of understand the situation around his relationship with the club and how he left and maybe some of the players who were not happy with the fact that they've gone from playing his football to what Michael Duff brought in. It kind of is understandable when you know the full situation as well, but not not excusable. I think ever to lose five um, nil in any match of football, but but the circumstances are unique. And I think it's one of them for Swansea fans to just say right, let's just forget about that one and and move on. And hopefully, you know, coming coming back here and a couple of weeks later we can put it right. But. Yeah, that's another conversation.
2: (laughs) Well, we'll get on to your score prediction as well in a minute. I just want to uh, chat to some of the guys. I mean, Alfie, it's not going to be another 5-0, is it? It's not going to be the same as as Boxing Day, but um, it's going to be interesting to see what sort of a side uh, we're up against and what changes Luke Williams can make in in such a short space of time.
3: Yeah, well, the one thing I would say to you, Luke, is that... um... Russell was talking about um, Luke Williams just off the record after a press conference with my colleague who's a Swansea fan, and he only had really positive, nice things to say about him. So, you know, whether he's just hiding any animosity there or not, I'm not sure. But I think they do really get on. You spoke about it last week, Glenn, and, and definitely Steve as well. They don't seem to have this sort of knack of scoring four or five goals away from home. So I'm sort of weighing up what I'm going to do in my prediction because I think if you, you know, if Luke Williams is going to come with this sort of passing style, we've seen, we've seen Blackburn, we've seen Swansea, we've seen a couple of teams do it. They are going to tear them apart. But at the same time, I I can't really bet against the history of not sort of scoring four or five away. So I think that, I think Saints will end up being comfortable winners, uh, but I don't think they're going to score loads of goals. Steve, the FA
2: Cup is the week after, so there's no need to rest anybody. You think off the back of a good win, we're going to set up the same and, and the same eleven start for for this one?
1: Yeah, I'd be surprised if there if there are any changes. It could it would only be down to either fitness or illness or whatever. Obviously, Flynn Flynn Downs has uh, has had his. Uh, illness challenges this season already so um you can never quite rule out anything like that but yeah there's unless as I say unless there's there's a reason to do it there's I don't see any any way we're not naming the same starting 11 really mm. we don't have all of our big guns available that obviously with with injuries and international call-ups so that kind of first choice 11 has obviously changed slightly over the last two or three weeks. But yeah, having, having done the business on Saturday, go again, lads, I think.
2: Do you think there's a, a headline in the making there, Glenn? Manager goes back to old club and uh, unbeaten run comes to an end?
0: <laughs> well, it's possible. I mean, when we played Swansea on Boxing Day, I thought it was one of those sods law things, so that would be the game that we lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't turn out that way. I mean, it's ridiculous fixture scheduling, isn't it? I mean, yeah. <laughs> back, in, back in the days before I started supporting, the away fixture used to be the week after the home fixture and all the grudges got held over and that's one of the reasons why they stopped doing that because no one had time to forget who kicked them last week so, so. so this this is a bit this is a bit of a strange one yeah ridiculous fixture scheduling in my book yeah I mean it again it, it it's it's set up for the uh for the scriptwriters are we trying to equal some other record this weekend well, we, trying to surpass
3: the the record. Oh, it's just one. trying to surpass the one right. they did yesterday. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah, I mean, as I said all along, we're going to lose at some point. Yeah. But I don't honestly, there there was such a gulf between the teams in the last game. I don't think Swansea they're going to be better than they were because they can't be worse. But I I don't see them making enough improvement um, to sort of like knock us out of our stride. But against that, you've got the fact that. You know, we, we do struggle to score this second goal away from home yep. and put teams away. So we are always liable, and as has happened three or four times recently, to get pegged back to one-one in the in the last in the last few minutes. So, uh, so yeah, I'm um, I'll be interested to see how um, some of the Swansea players get on because I I was keeping an eye on Matt Grimes in the last game mm. because he was a player that we were we were linked with. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was actually my son that pointed it out. He, he he said Grimes looks like he's trying to play Russell Martin football. With players around him who were not good enough to that's do it, that's it.
5: That's it all over. That's that's our season yeah. in a shell, basically.
0: Yeah, and it and of course your goalkeeper played the air shot, and and Nathan Wood, who we were also linked with, um, looked like a fish up a tree. So I don't know if if those two are are still playing. So it'll be be interesting to see how um how you know the the difference in the in the Swansea team. But uh, but no, I'm uh, I'm I'm fairly confident we'll we'll get over the line in this one. But it won't be anywhere near a repeat of what the score before, that we had last yeah,
2: time. Yeah. Uh, Luke, I know you've got to go and get on with your own podcast tonight. So if I can just trouble you for a, a score prediction before we
5: let you go, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, it's no problem. Um, I know, well, to get my score, I know you mentioned what's going to be different this time. Well, I'd imagine the setup formation you'll notice is a bit different. And from what I gathered from Luke Williams' first game yesterday against Birmingham he's going to play a three-at-the-back with wing-backs, but the wing-backs would be more like wingers. They're going to be very high up. Whether we've got the personnel at the moment to fit into those roles and do a really good job against a team that's going to be very, very well capable of playing that style of football, we'll wait and see. Um, I personally don't think we're going to manage to stop your unbeaten run. If we can get a draw, that'll be a massive result, I think, after what happened on Boxing Day. But I think my head is telling me probably won't get anything from this one. I'm going to say probably a comfortable... I'll say actually I'll say two one because I think maybe they'll they'll wanna show enough to maybe get a goal, but I just can't see them. Having enough to maybe see it out or get over the line, even if we go ahead with the worst team in the league for keeping the lead. So, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to bring that up because last year that was us, and every time someone <laughs>
2: brought that up, it was just so annoying. But, um, uh, yeah. that, that, that it's important that we know that when we're doing the predictions So, uh, right, Luke, thank you. We'll put you down for, uh, for a 2 1 if that's all right. Yeah, that's brilliant. And then, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. And we wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season. Cheers, Luke. That's all right. Thanks. Cheers. And uh, good luck in the IREC and the Premier League. So, there
5: we go. Thank very nice you one.
2: very much. Cheers, Luke. Yeah, um, see you next year.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> let's let's get our predictions, Steve. I mean, it's it's interesting. When we have talked about it. Just that scoring that second goal away from home um, has been a problem, and and with the amount of away games we've got coming up now, this is a good time yeah. to put that right.
1: Yeah, five of the next six away from home, and then weirdly after that, four of the following five are at home. So um, yeah, really strange um, set of fixture scheduling going on um, in the next six to eight weeks or so. But yeah, 16 goals in 13 away league games. Uh which for a team that has designs on automatic promotion, frankly, that's not enough. So yeah, it's something that needs improving. But yeah, I mean I think sign signs are good that the home form is absolutely nailed. So we can now actually focus on what we're going to do that's slightly different away from home that's going to start seeing similar results. On, on our travels because, I mean, some of the performances away from home have been absolutely fine and we've just not kind of converted the chances. And yet there have also been others where, frankly, we've been lucky to get out of get out of games with, with a, point. a point in the bag. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if you think games like um, Preston, where we were rubbish for that second half, um, Coventry, we were pretty mediocre in that one. Watford, we had... We had twenty minutes where we completely lost the plot. So it's 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 a case of kind of finding a way to win in our in our kind of way, but sort of in un in sort of more unfamiliar surroundings. And it's always weird that sort of psychology of why why a team's form away from home should be any different to their team at home because you're you're playing on the same size grass. Pit, the pitch dimensions are no different across the league, so it, it shouldn't it shouldn't make any difference. But but historically it always has done. And it's it's a very strange psychology thing. But yeah, we just we need to find a way of just making sure we take chances. Like so many times we get one we go one nil up and we take we then create maybe one or two really good chances after which we don't take and then all of a sudden the opposition gets a little bit of confidence and I mean even if they get their goals the absolute fluke, they find they find a way through. Like Huddersfield and Watford, I mean those those two late equalisers were I mean, they, they weren't, they shouldn't have gone in. Neither of them, the Huddersfield one's across and the, um, mm. obviously the Watford one, Bazunu's made a, made a pig's ear of it. So it's, yeah, those, those are two wins that we that really, we should have back, but now we've got to go and go and earn, earn our points in what's probably going to be a slightly trickier, uh, trickier environment for us.
2: Yeah. What am I putting you down
1: for, for your prediction? I think we'll do it. I, I, in fact, actually, Luke saying that they're going to play with wing backs and those wing backs are going to be playing very high up the pitch. All of a sudden, made me think, "Ooh, hello!" Yeah, it's <laughs> same. <laughs> like, my hands here. All, all of the space in in behind those um, those wing back or wingers or whatever you want to call them. Um, I mean, if if they do play that way, then actually I think we'll tear them apart. And yeah, I mean, three nil. Why not? Three nil. All
2: right, Okay.
3: Alfie. Yeah, I'll go for a nice, comfortable two 0 as I alluded to. I think they'll, they'll get a goal sort of towards the end of the first half, and then maybe there'll be a bit of a debut lift in the last fifteen twenty minutes, and that will just give everybody a bit of energy and get the second one.
2: Uh, Glenn, sounds like they they might have a mistake in the in the back three. Sounds like we might uh, be able to pounce on a on an early goal. It, it sounded a bit like they were going through some of the the growing pains that we had back in mm. in the summer.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I'm going to go for a two 0 win as well. I I just. I just don't see, as I said when Luke was on, I just don't see Swansea improving that much. I mean, what what we need to do in away games, if you if you look at our home games, I I never feel like there's a dead period of the game now where we're just being passive and passing it around and we're not going to score in this sort of ten minute section. It feels like we can score at any time at the moment. And away from home, we still have these sort of I'm gonna I'm gonna call them possession for the sake of it period of the game where we we. First half, in particular, where we just we just seem to be happy to get to half-time at nil nil. Sometimes I just think, well, you know, we have to be a little bit more on the front foot in these in these away games and try not to have the, those periods where we have possession but we don't do anything, with, you know, don't do anything with it. Of course, home teams are, are more prone to to attack you, so you have to, you know, Flynn Downs is going to be busy if we, um, you know, when we cough possession up. And I mean, that's why we struggled the game against Norwich. When we suddenly allowed them yeah. to run through midfield, and we just didn't control that, air you know that that at all. So, you know, there's there's a number of sort of like small things to tweak, but the, the way things are going at the moment, I I do trust sort of like Russell Martin to to address these things and and get them right. Um, you know, like like we've gradually been getting better and better at home, and uh, with um, was it five and six? You're saying away from home. Uh, yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is obviously the uh, the main time to do that because they'll you know they they he won't be happy with with the away form and the points we've been um, we've been dropping away from home. So uh, it's certainly going to be something they they try and address. So uh, yeah, I think this will be the first the first step on the way to that and two uh, 0 of course the other
2: thing is uh, it's it's Leicester Ipswich this weekend, isn't it, Steve? I think it might be the Monday yeah. night, but that's that's a, a, a good incentive. And I think it's not until the Monday, is it? And we, we play first on the Saturday.
1: Uh yeah, it's huge. Yeah, having the having the early kick off. Um so even if they were even if they were Saturday three o'clock, we would have we would have that opportunity to go um go back into the top two before they kick
4: off. A bit longer um, this week. <laughs>
1: Yeah, possibly. Yeah, a couple of days. Um, couple of days to kind of stew in it and and look at look at how they're gonna how they're gonna get through. I mean, it was a pretty ballsy win, I thought, for Ipswich last night against Sunderland when Sunderland were probably the better side in the first half mostly. Um, but ground ground it out and uh, found a way to win, and that's. Um, that's always a good sign if, if that's if that's your team and you're you're winning games in, in those situations. So yeah, they, I mean them going to Leicester, I thought I thought Leicester were bang average yesterday against Coventry. Um Cov were very good, um, I thought, and their their aside, I think that draw at um at the Rico will probably end up looking looking a much better result by the mm-hmm. end of the season. Um but yeah, Leicester Leicester had their um had their backsides handed to them by um by by Coventry in that second half, albeit with a man advantage.
2: That was one of the biggest cheers of the afternoon when they read out that full time score. That and the Pompey one. Well, yeah, yeah, when I was I was in the I was in I was in the cri-
1: in the cricketers pre match and uh, they they had it on the telly and there was um yeah solid solid cheers went up for for all the Coventry goals. um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, mm. I mean Pompey's, uh, Pompey's winter winter <laughs> disc, discontent start is, is, is well underway, isn't it? It's, uh, it's good, it's good uh, fun at the moment. I'll
0: tell you a quick story about that. So last night I went to a gig at the Wedgwood Rooms in um, in Portsmouth and I met my uh, Pompey supporting mate who was at Fratton Park. Well, he was until <laughs> half-time anyway. Oh, <laughs> nice. and and
1: Three-goal three, three rule, perfectly acceptable. Yeah,
0: and he, he sent me a picture of um, a pie that he bought inside the ground which had the Pompey crest emblazoned in it and he said if if I'd put shorts and a pair of boots on this pie it would have done better than Army Field. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he'd had a few beers by the time I met him actually. So, good night love it um,
2: right a couple of other things before we finish let's talk January transfer window I mean Alfie we're going to lean on you a bit for this I'm afraid Uh Joe Rothwell coming in on loan by the looks of it rumour has it I think maybe medical today could be confirmed tomorrow did you see that one coming
3: because I don't think us uh, did no I really didn't I'll be honest um, it, it did come out of nowhere I mean Russell Martin said to us on Friday that he wanted obviously a winger and maybe one more um, so that was obviously the one more he was alluding to um, unless they are just pulling a you know fast one on us, and they're going to go out and buy four or five I'm not expecting that um, it struck me as strange at first just because they've already got two players Um, For each of the midfield positions, you've obviously got the two sixes, two eights and two tens. And I know Joe Rebo as an eight is away at the moment, but he'll be back in two or three weeks or based on Nigeria's draw with Equatorial Guinea today, maybe (laughs) in about seven days. Um, but Joe Roffa's got a load of championship experience. He's played 150 games. You know, he's apparently a good character um, and he's somebody who, you know, he's not a six like Flynn Downs. I don't think there's any worry about Flynn Downs going back to West Ham. I've seen a few things like that. I mean, you know, like, don't shoot the messenger, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, he's somebody who's a ball-carrying eight. Um, he scores goals. He's, he's, he's really good, like, driving forward, progressive passes and stuff like that. It's all really good. Um, so I don't. You know, I think it's a good move in terms of just... Acting quickly when somebody comes available, adding a bit of quality, a bit of experience to the squad i've got no complaints of it at all, and and obviously maybe it presents a bit of an issue for Mason Holgate because you can only have, obviously, as we know, five lone players in any given matchday squad. I was going to ask about that. Have
2: you been checking that today? Like how many we can have in the squad and and how many we can have in the matchday squad? Because
3: it's two different things, isn't it? One unbelievably boring document, the AFL regulations are. It's hundreds of pages long. Um, But yeah, you you can have more than five lone players signed in one season, but only five can be named in a squad. So if Rockwell comes in, which we're expecting tomorrow, Mason's going to get nowhere near the squad. And, you know, he's relying on injury or relying on a suspension or something to even get in the the you know the twenty man squad. Let alone um, okay. you know, off the bench.
0: Quick count up: How many have we got at the moment? This will be the fifth, I believe.
3: Uh, this will be the right. six- no, this will be the fifth. But obviously, they want to get a um, they want to get a winger in as well on loan. So That'll right. be the sixth, which will then oh, they, want to the get mix-
0: one, they want They want. They've said they want to get one on loan. They're not.
3: Well, I mean, the financial fair play at the moment is that's the most likely way of getting somebody in. They may go out and spend five million quid on, on somebody. But if you want to get someone like David Brooks, for example, you're not going to buy him, are you?
1: Um, are we to gonna be other, are we, if we're going to get Rothwell, are we can be able to get
4: Brooks.
3: Yeah. So you can you can loan two players from any given club um, over the age of 23 and two more under the age of 23. It it wasn't a case of we went in for Brooks and they said,
2: no, but you can have Rothwell. Like when Villa <laughs> tried to sign James Wall-Prowse and we gave him Danny Ings. It wasn't anything like that, was it? Yeah. Um, that, was well known, yeah. that was the first thing that uh, that jumped out at me. Um, it it kind of makes sense, Glenn, I guess. I know it, it's probably not the Nathan Teller replacement that we were all crying out for, but um, someone with a bit of, as Alfie says, some championship experience coming in and um, we're going to need we're going to need players going forward because there's a, a lot of football still to be
0: played. I'm going to trust the process on this one because <laughs> I, I don't I don't I don't fully get it at the moment. I don't really know enough about Joe Rothwell to 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 say um, each way. Something Alfie said: we we're kind of replacing Joe Aribo, who's going to be away for a month maximum, but we're not replacing Ross Stewart. Krocknest Strogba, who's dead. Um <laughs> and he's not gonna not gonna be around till twenty twenty nine or something. So yeah, it, it it does it does seem a bit strange, but you know, I I trust Russell Martin knows this knows the player. He's he was at Blackburn, was it, before Bournemouth, and yeah. he that's where he got all his all his championship games. He was quite a, a sought after player at that time. Mm-hmm. So he obviously sees a role for him somewhere. Um I think he likes to have you know, like a, a shadow midfield. We, we've seen this already where we've had two games in three days or something and he's picked, you know, he, I can't remember which game it was, but we had one game where Smallbone, Alcaraz and Charles all, all came in and replaced, you know, the, the three that had played the previous game. So he obviously wants wants to do that. Maybe, maybe he wants to use Joe Rebo further up the pitch when he mm. comes back. I You know, I, I don't know. So I don't I don't fully understand it um, at at this moment in time, so yeah, like I say, trust the process. We'll see what I, happens. I do think
3: there's an argument that you can you can't really have too many good players. I suppose the squad isn't huge, is it? They've got two in every position. It's not massive. You're you're only a couple of injuries away from maybe potentially being light. Mm. Um, so maybe that's just what they're thinking. And if it's you know it, it's a purely wage basis, no obligation to buy. It's just for six months. Maybe it's um, the sort of outlay that they can afford, and you know they can't go and buy somebody big.
0: Yeah, the, I mean the only the only thing that concerns me slightly is that usually these loan deals come with some sort of he must play mm. or he must play a certain amount of minutes and on the face of it Rothwell doesn't seem like well he's he's not, he's not definitely going to start is he so those 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 loan those sort of loans tend to be
1: for sort of young development players where yeah. actually the yeah, the, whole, the whole aim of it is right you're sending this player out on loan to get first team experience so therefore part of the deal is he's got to play um mm. but with Rothwell i mean he's he's been around a while now he's what 26 i think
3: 89 29, 29. Oh, that old wow. okay. yeah
1: so yeah i mean i'm yeah i'm kind of on on the same lines as uh, glenn i don't quite see it especially given the number of loans we've already got um so yeah you're i mean maybe there's a deal to be done with everton for for holgate to go back but then you know as soon as we do that that um that Somebody one one of our centre backs <laughs> will get injured again yeah 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 um so yeah i <laughs> It's it's yeah it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for the rest of the month.
2: Okay, and there was one other uh, signing, wasn't there, Alfie, earlier in the week? Was it
3: um was it the young lad from from Ireland? Cork City. yeah, Joe yeah. O'Brien Whitmarsh. So he's an eighteen. year You know what? It's actually a very similar profile from what it sounds like to Joe Rockwell, Really, a a sort of eight or a ten that's quite dynamic ball carrying. But he's an eighteen year old from Cork City. Um, you know they paid a very small fee up front. And I think, you know, it could end up rising to the 100,000 quoted, but right now that's not the you know, that's not the headline figure. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's just about keeping this conveyor belt of young players, I suppose, isn't it? And, you know, I said a couple of weeks ago, they've sort of identified you can get pretty good value players in Ireland because they're they're playing men's football at the age of 17 um, and they're getting stuck in and stuff like that. Um, so another one, you know, a slightly different player to Tyler Diblin, but somebody who's creative in field and he'll, he'll play for the UN21 when he's ready. The only thing about him is it might take a few weeks for him to be it's all up to scratch because I think the Irish season finished about six weeks ago and he hasn't played a game since so I think he'll have to go for his own individual preseason before they start playing for the 21s well, I went to the um, the 21s game on Friday they lost 3-2 to Spurs they'd be really really disappointed if all three of the goals they conceded but I thought they were excellent You know they they, they play the Russell Martin way they're really well coached they're brave they, they, they play out the back so well and most of them are seventeen, sixteen years old. They had two fifteen-year-olds starting making their Premier League two debuts as well. So I thought they did a really good job. I did want to mention I the that first 23s have won every game, haven't they? Yeah, they haven't lost a game yeah, this old, season. Stage, I think they've got an old group. They're all twenty, twenty years old. Um, so they're they're playing teams that are three or four years younger than them, and you know, in Southampton's case, five years younger.
2: Uh, I guess the good thing as well, Steve, is it, it's it's another week where no one's left. You know, that all seems to be a little bit quiet at the moment. We've got players coming in that we're talking about rather than rumours about those that are going.
1: Yeah, been been very quiet this week, has not it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe calm before the storm, I would imagine. Mm. I mean, that, that last week is is going to be silly, isn't it? You're going to get agents touting players around all over the place. I mean, Shea Adams is is clearly going to be linked with basically everybody just above the dotted line in in that mm. in the bottom half of the Premier League, isn't he? But I think realistically, actually, it's probably in his interest to stay because he's going to play enough. He'll score some goals, so he'll keep himself fit and informed for the Scotland squad in the summer. If he goes to the Premier League, he might might not play.
2: It's a good shout about the, the Scotland squad. Yeah.
1: For whoever, for whoever he, whoever he joins, I mean, sure. Yeah. As a, as a new signing they're they're going to want to kind of integrate him fairly quickly. But if he's not scored in, in five or six mm. games at the start, suddenly yeah. he's, he's an option off the bench again. And, and then, then Steve Clark's looking at, uh, Lyndon Dykes being the, uh, useless battering ram for QPR and thinking, Oh, actually he's, he's a better <laughs> option for me because he's at least playing.
0: The centre forward market it a lot will depend on, like for example, if Ivan Tony moved, yeah, then obviously Brentford are going to be looking I, for, I, for a striker. I, I don't, I don't see any
1: way Brentford can possibly let him go. This, no, no, do I. way. It's just, just because for otherwise us, they'll if, go down.
3: If, if someone loses, a million quid sized uh, briefcase probably do the job, I imagine. <laughs> but <laughs> the, the
1: the clubs that are likely to if be answer two to the one, is, one on that. I mean, I mean, it's it's <laughs> Arsenal or Chelsea, isn't it? Who are going to be the <laughs> two clubs who who basically need him? And Arsenal definitely can't do eighty million quid mm. with their financial fair play and I mean Chelsea will probably find some stupid loophole where they where they could um shove it off into the accounts for twenty twenty forty six but yeah it, <laughs> it just doesn't it doesn't seem just doesn't seem plausible
2: this month. But your point there Glenn is that it will take a move probably in the Premier League to, to yeah, get things maybe going so. and then maybe there might so. be a last minute bit of business and yeah, uh... I mean
0: we we'll, you know wolves seem interested but yeah I mean it you know it comes back to Steve's point. The last week is always mental because that's when these sort of deals happen and then someone has, to panic, panic. And, yeah. someone has to panic and replace someone that yeah. they weren't expecting to lose and all that sort of, all this sort of stuff. I mean, logic tells you that with Saints going the way they are, why why would you leave? I mean, it's different for Adams because he's he's out of contract at the end of the year. Yeah. And I guess there's always a chance at some point that Saints might say, you know that contract offer, you know, I mean – Say so for argument's sake, we're promoted with four games to go. They might just say, "See you later," yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah, well, <laughs> know, it, I mean, we've
1: we've seen what he's like in the Premier League. Yeah is yeah. is that return? And it's and like for for years, we were always saying, "Well, he he just needs just needs a bit of time and to kind of get up to speed with with the level and and then we could see a fifteen goal season, and yet we haven't." Um yeah. and it's and it's been what four four years now Was it five? I can't remember. But yeah, he's not quite um not quite done it. So we know that he's he's of that level, and unfortunately Adam Armstrong is probably in this in a similar boat in that if we go up, how much is he actually gonna play next season? Um the one the one that I'm interested in is Stuart Armstrong, it's gotten yeah. very quiet on, mm. on his um his contract. I'd like to see that getting getting resolved one way or the other um
2: sooner rather than later, to be honest. It's just Alex McCarthy that we're not worried about. Right? Alex McCarthy. That's the only name that doesn't keep coming up, isn't it? The hmm. women's team are back in action as well today. 2-0 uh, win versus Sunderland in the, the FA Cup. I think the draw for the next round is on Monday evening. So uh, we'll look out for that. And we always say about dropping us a message. Um, a few people have been in touch with some messages this week. Lee says, uh, Taylor and I travelled from Cornwall to the game yesterday. It was his first ever Saints game. He's nine years old and the club were brilliant with organising some lovely touches for him and a great result to boot up the Saints. Uh, Thank you to Lee. Thanks to Taylor for getting in touch. And Colt Baker, who's one of our patrons, he's organising a USA National Fan Meetup Um, Now, I know this is a bit niche and it's not going to apply to everybody, Uh, but Saturday, April the 20th is the date for the calendar. That's the Cardiff game. It's going to be at the Embassy Public House, which is in Chicago, if you're interested. You can find out more. You can get in touch. They've got a Facebook page, which is the USA Saints supporters Facebook page. It's United States of Southampton FC. Or Colt is pretty active on X. He's at Stateside Saints. You can give him a shout for more information. And if any of us are interested in going, I think BA are doing flights about 415 quid at the moment. So uh, get in touch with Colt. We'll have more. Uh, on that for you uh, on that note that's pretty much it for this week thanks again to Peter Self Drive for sponsoring the episode don't forget they offer cars, vans, trucks and minibuses for flexible short term or long term rentals with a 24 hour drop off service they're also offering TSP listeners 10% off the rental with the code Saints. that's all one word you can use that code when you book online or quote the code when you're booking over the phone you can find out more by heading to pittaselfdrive.co.uk or give them a call on 02380 474-443 uh, Don't forget you can follow us uh, on all the socials. It's at Total Saints Pod. Uh, we do like to hear from you during the week. So you can drop us a, a DM if you like, or you can email us via the website if you've got something to share. Uh, we're also on Patreon. We mentioned this at the start, and that's where you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution. It's patreon.com forward slash Total Saints Podcast. There are four different tiers on there that range from five pounds to 20 pounds per month, and each of the tiers comes with those different perks including the weekly shout outs for the patrons in the francis Benali or the mick shannon tiers so thanks to dave melton mark atkins andy hollis anthony thompson saints in exile gavin ford james Harron, nicky nicholson southampton ny drew dyer james kibbe and mike e in the francis Benali tier and also to colt baker dave Ernsberger, ed busy nick higston phil cook nick reed paul stewart Phil Horstrop, Matt Hall, and Mark Littlewood, who are all in our Mick Shannon tier. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Alfie. Cheers to Glenn as well. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you again next week.
4: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com